blessed with incredible leaders here at 1910. We, we don't call them volunteers, although they do volunteer and don't get paid for that, but they're leaders. Why would we do that? Well, because Jesus said that if you want to be great in my kingdom, become a servant. Or some translations say a slave. See, in God's economy, the way up is down. Anytime we lay aside us and serve to meet needs of people around us, I'm telling you, whew, heaven, heaven just smiles at that. Amen. So to all of our leaders, and, and we have, uh, gosh, I think maybe near a couple of hundred of you guys. See, Mike Privetier. Mike, your hair is on point today, bro. Hide it under a cowboy hat. Oh, no. Let it show. But we've got leaders in parking lot. We've got people brewing coffee. We got people with kids today. We've got uh, just we just we're just just blessed. It's people saying, "Hey, I want to be used by you, Lord. I want to use a passion of mine or a gift, something you've given me. I want to use it for your glory." So, to all of our leaders, thank you, guys. Thank you. Now, listen. We still have many many opportunities for you to serve and get involved. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking more about that. In fact, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be giving you opportunities to challenging you to, 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 to partner with this house as we advance the kingdom of God. Listen, the times demand the church of Jesus Christ to rise up and to live out our faith, to live out what we say we believe, right? And we're going to finish that and talk more about that today. And, and, but, but we're just so excited. Now, as you can see, we, we, we are not going to set any pickleball records or make the Olympic pickleball team or anything like that, but we do have a great time together and we have fun and we love each other and encourage each other. So we would love for you to join our team. Amen. But thank you so much. Hey, I want us to pray together today if, if we can, and we're going to finish up our, our word for this year that we've been talking about over the last few weeks is the word hope. Listen, I believe that the church is the hope of the world. Listen, the church, this thing called the local church is the only thing that God ever created, instituted. And, and heaven is looking at us to, to go out into the broken sectors of society and bring hope to those areas. Are you with me today? And so we're going to talk about that some more today and, 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 and just encourage you to to take a big step. I want to let you know that today, and those of you that are watching us online, can we welcome our online audience today? Thank you. Thank you guys so much. We're, we are saving you a seat in this house, and I know that it's great, and we are blessed with a great technical team that's making it happen today, but, but when you can, we'd love to see you live and in person. I'm skinnier in person, and, um, but it's just, it's just different. It's just more fun in the house. But um, we're going to wrap this up today. But I want us to pray before, if we can. Guys, listen, I, I, I don't know if you've been watching any of the news the last day or two and see what's happening over in the Holy Land, over in, in Israel. Listen, I, I believe that what we've heard and what we have seen over the last couple of days is just yet another indicator that the return of the Lord is near. Now, now, let me say this, because we looked at a verse of Scripture a couple of weeks ago as well. No one knows that day or the time in which Jesus is going to return. 
Jesus doesn't even know yet. He's waiting on his father in heaven to say, it's now time. It's now time. But I'm just telling you that since the resurrection of Jesus, every day has been closer to the return of Jesus once and for all. Amen. And, 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 and I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer and we're going to pray here, but, but I just want you to know that when Jesus returns on a white horse dressed in white, he's not planning on losing. Swank, anybody that shows up to a fight dressed in white, they're not planning on getting dirty. No debris, no blood, nothing. He, he will reign and he will be victorious. And for those who are in Christ, we know what that means for us, that our eternity will be with him forever in glory in a place called heaven. Now the opposite is for those who yet who receive Jesus as Lord and savior. And let me just remind you of something here today. Hell was not created for people. Hell was created for the devil, Satan and his legion of demons who got a little cocky and arrogant and thought that they were, should be equal with God. No, 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 no. Hell was created for him. God's plan has never been for any of his most prized creation. And you as a human being mean a great deal to God. In fact, look at your neighbor right now and say, you know what? I'm worth something. Come on. I want everybody to tell your neighbor right now you're worth something because you are. Aiden, why would I say that? If you weren't worth anything, Jesus would not have come. Jesus would not have come and he would not have died on the cross for us. But because we are worth it, God sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross. And scripture says that whoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, right? You see, God's plan was never for any human being to go. God does not send people to hell. People send themselves there by refusing to accept the free gift of salvation that God has made available to us through Jesus. But what we see happening, let me get back to, I, I know guys, I, listen, I got a lot of letters after my name, but just think I can handle lots of things, right? Like ADHD type stuff. I'm just, I'm just that good. Amen. What we see happening in Israel, I do believe just are, are biblical proportions. I really believe that. And I'm not here to try to scare anybody here today, but the reality is this, that none of us know the day or the time. None of us are guaranteed another moment. None of us are guaranteed another day, right? And so today, if you're here, if you're watching us online and you have yet to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved, I pray that today, my friend, you would not put it off any longer. You're missing a great life while you're here on earth. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? We're yet saved and redeemed. You know that a life with Jesus, Miss Cindy, you believe that the life that Jesus offers is the best life, right? It is. And I pray today that you would receive that life that he came to give you. Amen. But I do want us to pray for what's happening in Israel. For, for those on both sides that have lost lives. And we've seen the stories. We've heard this the statistics. We, 
Listen, God's heart hurts over what's happening. And our heart should hurt as well. Israel has been at war for a long time, have they not? They have. And, um, you know, if there's, any, if there's any earthly real estate that is more for us as believers, it's that holy land there. That's the promised land, right? That's the land that he gave them. And it's been, it's been fought over for so many thousands of years. So I want us to pray for peace today. Is that okay if we do that? Listen, this is not a political thing. I just think that this is a God thing. That we should pray for peace. We should pray for peace. Not just in Israel, but for other ravaged areas across the globe. But can I just tell you something? Even for peace in our city. Right? We received a, a, a note from a, a worship pastor friend that just said, Have, aren't you thankful that when you gather for worship, there aren't missiles going off all around you? See, the, 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 everything broke out during Shabbat. A day of peace and celebration and being with family and sharing meals together and stories and laughter. It's a beautiful thing. But yet in the midst of what's something so beautiful and glorious, it should be peaceful. The enemy rears his head, ugly head, right? So we want to pray for shalom. That means peace. We want to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We want to pray for peace around our world. If you would just grab a hand next to you today, if you don't mind doing that, just as a spirit of unity in this house, there's something I think powerful that happens when we, when we pray, when we call out to God and we share with him the desires of our hearts, but more importantly, when we acknowledge him and when we declare that he is more than able. And by the way, do we believe the words to that song that he is more than able? Amen. And so, Father, it's with that confidence we come before you today, knowing that you are God and knowing that there is nothing that is too big for you to handle. There's no situation, there's no war, there's no division, there's no life that is so dirty and sordid. There is nothing too big for you to handle. You are more than able. And so, Father, today our hearts go out to what's happening in Israel. And Father, we are praying for peace. We are praying for the peace of Jerusalem right now and for peace in Israel to rain down. Father, we are asking you, God, to be very near to those who are grieving and hurting today. They've lost lives. They've lost homes. They've lost so much. God, I'm asking you, Father, to bring peace there. And may, you, may, may we as your church pray for that peace. Pray shalom. Lord, we pray that for other parts of our world today as well. Lord, we pray that for our cities today here in the U.S., For this very one that we're in today, Father, and although there may not be missiles being launched or bullets flying, God, there 
there are still people that need shalom. Is that right, church? They're hurting. They're broken. They're searching for direction and purpose of life. They're, they're, they're looking for the joy that we know that only Jesus can bring. They're looking for peace. Lord, the prophet Isaiah foretold that years and years ago that there would be one that would be born called the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace. So God, we call out to you today and we we thank you for Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is what people need. Jesus is who is here with us today in spirit. And we are excited to open our lives up to him today. Have your way. Lord, have your way. In Jesus' name, everybody in this house said, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. I think we can clap for the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, I just, I was outside. We just celebrated scriptural baptism. I think we baptized eight today. Isn't that awesome? And so, yeah, it was so good to be outside. And, and it was a beautiful morning. Pastor Allen and worship team, thank you guys for leading us in worship today. And it's been a great, great day. We had about 40 bikers in the first service today. There was... I've never seen so much leather in the house of God. Amen. It was absolutely incredible as we had about 40 motorcycles. I, I tried to give one away, but they wouldn't let me. And uh, so anyway, we have coffee if you need something free today. But, uh, but we are, it's been a great day in the house, Lord. And I'm glad you're here today. I, I need you to help me out with something. On the ends of the rows, I don't know. If you're sitting towards the end of a row, I need everybody to look under a chair. We've put $100 bills underneath. <laughs> don't get up and on the left. They're over here on this side. So I need the people on this side of the room to look under and grab a... There's a container with pens and note cards. And can you guys just go ahead and start passing those down the rows? And let's make sure that everybody in the room gets one of those here today. Um, and so it's going to be important here in just a few moments in our, in our journey together today. But, but we've been talking about this word hope. The word hope is our word that we've introduced the, over the last few weeks that, that we believe that God is calling our church to be a dispenser of hope. That, 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 that we have the hope that a broken, fallen world needs. Do you believe that? His name is Jesus. And, 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 and we've been saved. We, we just celebrated baptism. with We've been saved. So in turn, we can go out and be hope dealers to dispense hope to a world that's broken, to a world that's searching and looking for answers and direction. Listen, the church is called to do that. And listen, you know some broken areas in our society. Maybe it's in the education realm, the business world, the media Maybe, maybe it's in your neighborhood. Maybe, maybe it's in government. Maybe it's in some sort of sport or activity that you're involved with, right? Listen, we know that we live in a day and a time in which there is so much brokenness around us. Now, we can become sad and dejected about that, or I believe it can spur us on and call us to take action. And that's what I'm hoping will happen here today. That, that, that we would understand that we live in a broken world, but yet God is calling the church 
to step into the brokenness and bring the answer. Let me, let me ask you a question. First of all, who is the church? What is the church? Every human being in here that has said yes to Jesus Christ, you belong to what we oftentimes call the body. You make up the body of Christ. When you say yes to Jesus, he, he deposits his spirit within you. And what that means is we should begin to look like and act like Jesus. Anybody blown it this week? Let me see your hands. Yeah. Get up, swank. I know you get both of them up, right? I, I, this is me, right? Yeah. No, but, but we've been given his spirit and we are called to be the carriers of his presence. And check this out, church. God's plan has not been for us to sit in rooms like this all across our nation and just gorge ourselves with more of him. I need more sermon. I need more spiritual manna. I need food. No, he's called us to gather for times like this, to be encouraged, maybe put some more tools in our tool belt, but then get out there and influence these broken areas of our society. He's called us to go and tell. We looked at that a couple of weeks ago. He promised us that we will receive power when his spirit comes upon us. And then we shall be witnesses. A witness tells. A witness shares what they know about a person, place, or a thing. An experience. But they go and tell others that. And he's not called us. Listen, I'm telling you, these 70 minutes that we spend together today are not going to transform our culture that's broken out there. We gather here. We are encouraged. We're reminded that God is more than able and we're reminded of our call and our charge. But I'm going to tell you in just a little bit, I'm going to unleash you and send you out to go and make a difference for the kingdom of God. We are the hope because we carry the hope. We carry the very presence of Jesus Christ in us, and our world needs that. Wow. What an awesome privilege that is, right? And I would like to admit and tell you that every time I do a sparkling job doing that, I'm always on, but the reality is I struggle sometimes too, and I miss some opportunities, right? But today, here's what we're going to do. And you already see some cards laying on this platform here today from, from, from our family that were here earlier today at the 930 service. Today, I'm going to challenge you. And I've been asking you to begin to pray about an area that you see in your circle that's broken, an area that needs the light of Jesus Christ to shine, maybe a people group, maybe a, a certain sector that is broken, that needs the hope of Jesus. That's why you have a card and that's why you have a pen. And in just a few moments, we're going to do something with that because heaven is calling on you and I to be the difference maker. Are you with me today so far? Now, I, 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 I want to read the Bible to you a little bit today. Is that okay? You guys, you guys okay with the Bible? I love the word of God. Amen. I love it. And I hope that you would get into it because David writes and he's so true. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hey, if you're confused and walking around in darkness, not wondering what you should do, can I encourage you something? Read God's word and let it speak to you. Let it speak to it. There might be an answer for you. Hey, you dealing with some financial issues? Anybody got some financial problems? Let, 
People get funny when you talk about money, don't they? It's got some answers there. Hey, young person, you wondering what you should do when it comes to those in authority over your life? Or not just young person, old person, you wondering what you should do when it comes to those in authority in your life? Bible speaks to that. You wonder what we should make a, I mean, I'm telling you, God, thy word is a lamp into my feet. How can a young man keep his way pure? Ah, by living according to your word. It's what it says. Amen. So we're going to look at a story today that I hope would encourage somebody here. I want to, and it might be familiar to some of you listening here today. For some, it might not, be, but there are some things about this story that's quite familiar that, that I love as a, and I hope they serve as a reminder to what God is calling us to be about as a church, not sitting and soaking, but going and telling, are you with me there today? Why would we do this? Why are we talking about this? And why are we challenging? And why the note card and a pen? And why? Blah, blah? Because here's what I believe. Transformed people will transform cities. And if we can become transformed, and does scripture not say that? If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Scripture also says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind in Romans. So see, this whole idea, for those of you that are in Christ, is that you would never be the same as you were before Christ. Do you remember your BC days before Christ? Remember that? Listen, you should be different. You should have a change. There should be a transformation in your life. And this transformation... Y'all hear that roar? I think that's the roar of heaven. As a holy roar, because there is an army rising up right now. Amen. Transform people is what's going to transform cities. Can I prove it to you in scripture? I'm not just making this stuff up. I'm not that good, but Jesus is. Look what he says in John chapter four. We read a story about Jesus's encounter with a woman at a well. Now, for those of you that may know anything about this story in John chapter four, you know that this wasn't just a woman. This was a Samaritan woman. The Samaritan were kind of a half breed of people and they weren't looked upon favorably. Okay. They, 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 they weren't Jewish and the Jewish people really made them feel lesser than they were kind of outcasts. They kind of lived together. They did their own thing. All right. This woman in John chapter four is from, is, is a Samaritan woman. Now, what happens here in John chapter four, I'm not going to read the whole chapter to you, but I'm going to draw out some things for you quickly today. What we find here is Jesus is tired and thirsty. He's dehydrated and needs a drink of water. He has sent his disciples off into the city. We know that Jesus is also beginning word about him is spreading and, and some people are becoming a little jealous and calling him a hypocrite and what have you. But nonetheless, Jesus finds himself alone one day at a well outside of a village and he's thirsty. Yeah. Yeah. I just love that. Isn't that amazing? I love the ripple effect. For those of you that are going, what is he talking about? They're just, there's some stuff happening in this room right now. That's awesome. Amen. Affirmation from heaven. Amen. Jesus finds himself and a woman comes out. Now, if you know anything about Living in Israel, water is a commodity. Water is precious. It's kind of like you're in the hill country. Don't we like it when there's water available, right? When it falls from heaven, when it replenishes our streams and what have you, when we have something to drink, it's a good deal. Twice a day, women would leave the village and go out to the local well to draw water. They'd go in the morning and they'd go in the evening to make sure they had enough water for their families and home. 
In John chapter four, we read about this Samaritan woman. First of all, she's not looked upon favorably, but we find her going to meet. She meets Jesus. She's going to draw water at the well, but it's around noon. Why? You see, this woman, not only was she embarrassed about who she was, what her nationality was, but she also had a story, a history, a sordid past, well, and current situation as well, right? And so she, instead of joining the other ladies of the community to draw water, because she's already feeling bad about herself and embarrassed, she would go at a time when, when the well was empty, when we, she wouldn't have to engage anybody in conversation. There'd be nobody there to look down upon her, no one there to talk ugly about her or post more stuff on the you know, next door neighbor app about who she is and what's happening. She's gone at noon. The problem is this day, there's a Jewish man by the name of Jesus there who engages her in a conversation. No, no. A man talking to a woman alone might be good advice for us in our day and time as well. But, but she engages him and it causes her to begin. To, she's confused. Why are you talking to me, sir? You're Jewish and don't you know that I'm a Samaritan? And Jesus begins to explain to this woman, I know a lot about you, ma'am. I know lots about you. And I love the interaction and the dialogue that begins to take place. Jesus asked her for a drink of water. He has nothing. Remember, he wasn't prepared for this. Now, he's Jesus. He probably could make water if he wanted to, right? Come on. How many of y'all know that Jesus can do some stuff, right? Come on. He, he could have made wine if he wanted to. He'd already done it before, right? Forget the water. Just give me the best, right? He could have done that, but yet he takes this opportunity to engage someone well, this lady didn't understand. She was the one that was really in need. She was the one that was spiritually thirsty. She was the one that really had a spiritual need that day. And Jesus steps in and meets that need. Wow, I love this in verse 10. It says, Jesus shares with this lady, if you only knew the gift that God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. I underlined that word gift in my Bible. Don't you love to receive gifts? Come on. Do you, I mean, most of the time, if, if they're that crazy gift at Christmas time where you're passing stuff around and, and you end up with a chia pet while somebody ends up with the book of lifesavers. I mean, that's, that's wrong, right? You, you know what I'm talking about, right? Um, but most of us would say, you know, I have a problem. I, I love it when people gift me. A gift means that somebody willingly gives you something. You may not have deserved it or earned it, but sometimes they just bless you out of the ordinary. Somebody blessed me this morning with a t-shirt. What did it say? If I get, oh yeah, look at this shirt that somebody gave to me today. Uh, first service. I love this. Yeah, I love this. That's a pretty good t-shirt, isn't it? I may need to wear that. You mean put it on right now? Okay, yeah, that'd be embarrassing. We're, we're on the internet. And my mom would freak out watching this. Hey, mom, I love you. It's awesome. Um, but gifts are, we love gifts. In fact, over the next few weeks, you're going to be given several of those. We're getting broth in the trough out here to gift to people. We're going to be packing some Christmas shoe boxes here in the next few. I mean, there, we love gifts. Jesus is saying to this woman in John chapter four, Hey, listen, I have a gift for you. 
Sir, you don't even have a bucket to draw water with from this well. What do you mean you're going to give me something? You're, you're, you're asking me to help you out. What do you mean? Jesus said, ah, oh, but I have something I want to give you today, ma'am. I want to offer you something called living water. Jesus replied in verse 13, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water that I'm going to give them will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. You see, this lady was so concerned about Jesus not having a bucket to draw water up from a well, but Jesus is saying, listen, there's something greater than this physical thirst. And I'm telling you something today, friends, you know, people all around you that have the same need as this woman in John four. You might be the one that has the same need as this woman here in John four, a spiritual thirst, a spiritual hunger, because you've never tasted and seen that the Lord is good. You've never drank from the well that Jesus offers this living water that he's describing in John chapter four. That's why you keep spinning your wheels or you keep spinning in this, this maze or this circle like a gerbil or a hamster in a wheel and you're running, running and you're not getting in where you're looking for answers to life. You're looking for something to satisfy and fill you. The problem is it's right in front of you. His name is Jesus, but yet you've not received him. You'll never be satisfied. That's why the women had to keep going to the well twice a day to draw water because they were drawing physical water and that's important. But I'm telling you, there's a greater need in all of our lives. And that is something to satisfy the spiritual thirst and hunger that we all have. Is that you today? Let me remind you what Jesus offered this lady, a gift. That means it's not going to cost you anything today. It's a free gift. It's a free gift of God. And he's offering and issuing that to everyone who will receive it today. Now, a word of warning about this gift and what this lady needs to understand too in John chapter four, this gift will radically change your life. It'll mess you up in a good way. It'll change you if you will allow. Look what she says in verse 15. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Guys, can I tell you something? You're rubbing shoulders with people right now who are desperate, just like this lady in John chapter four. They're hurting. They're looking for answers. They need hope that you have. And I think our society is just screaming, please, please, would somebody just give me something that will take away the hurt, the pain that I'm having right now. Hey, I'm tired of being lost. I'm tired of wandering around. I'm looking for answers. I need community. I need a friend. I need forgiveness. I need somebody to give a rip. Our culture is screaming that. They're saying, please, please, where are the hope dealers who will share with me something that will change my life? And we have it. But oh, we're just going to sit here. I need another sermon. They better sing the songs that I like. Their music's too loud. And we're missing it, folks. We're missing it. 
don't need to serve. They can do it themselves. I don't need to give financially to support the works of the church. It'll all just happen. Then we just sing, God is more than able. He is, but it's all in your pockets. Our culture is desperate. And I'm so glad that we see in John chapter four, a savior who just says, ah, I'll send somebody else your way. I'll pray for you. No, this is a drop the bucket moment because Jesus extends to her what you and I need to be extending to the broken people in our society today. Grace, mercy, and love, clean hearts, and some brand new starts. It's what he gave this lady. And that's what he's calling us to today, church. Look what it says happens here. The woman said, verse, we're going to drop down a little bit further. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming. The one who's called Christ, when he comes, he's going to explain everything to us. And Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. You see, Jesus began to read her mail here in John chapter four, begin to call her out. I know you're Samaritan. I know you're a woman. I know that the man you're living with right now is not your husband. Listen, that was a problem with Jesus. And I'm telling you, it's still a problem today. Okay. If you're not married, you shouldn't be living that way. And we can talk, talk to me about it later. If you disagree with me, but I'm just telling you, you've been married, not just once the man you're living with is not your husband. You've been married several times, ma'am, but it doesn't stop me from loving you and issuing grace and forgiveness. I want you to know I've got something better for you is what he's telling her in John four. And my friend, I'm telling you, I think that's the word for you today as well. And we have people we know like that, that need to know that same truth. Look what it says in verse 28 says the woman left her water jar beside the well and she ran back to the village telling everyone. Wow. Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? And look what it says happened. It says, so the people came streaming from the village to see him. It says that in verse 30. People came running. Now keep in mind, this is a lady that they didn't associate with. She's come at an inopportune time to draw water because people don't want to be around her. And now, now she's the town evangelist. She's running back into the city saying, you guys, come on. There's somebody here I need to point you to. I'm telling you, don't give up on yourself because heaven hasn't given up on you. No matter how bad your past is, it can be that if you will, John 4, and let Jesus come in. She runs back to her village. Remember what I said, transformed people, transform cities. Dropping down a little bit further in the story. It says many Samaritans from that village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. Church, city transformation starts with us. It's not about us bringing in a big crusade, 
big time evangelist. What would happen today if those of us that are in this room or listening took serious this story from John 4? Those of us who have had a drink of Jesus and know the transformation he can make in someone's life, the difference he can make, what would happen if when we left here today, we took him out into all these broken areas of our culture? In fact, I want you to pick that card up right now that you have in that pen. And I have a question we're going to throw up on the screen. What role can you play in bringing back hope to your community? I'm telling you, there, leave that up there, guys. There are John 4 people all around us. There's a village. There's a city. There's a community. There's, a, there's something broken in your air, And they need the hope that a woman in John 4 found in Jesus. But many of us have already met him. And what will our response be? Jesus, thank you for saving my life. I am so grateful, Lord that I'm safe and secure in you and my eternity is set in heaven and I get to live the best life here on earth. Amen. Or could it just be that we've been saved so in turn we can go and save others? So that the same drink from the living water that we've received, could it possibly be that we've tasted and seen that he's good so in turn we can share him? with others. Can I ask you a question? If you were to discover today the cure of cancer, would you keep that to yourself or would you pass that on to somebody else to help them? I think we all have the answer there. I think every one of us in this room said, you know what? I know friends that are dying with cancer and I would share that with them. When's the last time you shared living water with someone who needs it? What role can you play in bringing hope to your community? What are we going to do, church, to step into a situation of brokenness that you know? And so here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to pray, and we're going to sing a little bit. The piano may play for just a second. And I want to give you an opportunity to write down on a card what you're going to do. I want you to write down what you think heaven's calling you to do today. And you're going to write it down. And I want you to put your initials on the bottom of that card somewhere. And as the Holy Spirit of God leads you, I want you to bring those cards today during our time of praying and singing and just lay them on this altar. As a commitment to the Lord and as a way for us to pray for, I'm stepping into the mental health brokenness of our culture. We had a student that said, you know what? I'm going to be a witness in the locker room. What is God calling you to do today to bring the living water to those in need? Holy Spirit of God, speak to us now. And I pray that we would respond appropriately. God, that our cry would be, here we are, Lord. We're available for you. God, would you have your way in our lives? God, would you use us for your glory and yours alone? We step out in faith knowing that you're calling us to this. We step out in boldness, God, knowing that the God who's called us will provide for us and be the power at work within us to do great and immeasurable things. We make ourselves available to you, Lord. 
Have your way in us right now.